I don't, I don't offend that easy because all of us are going to make that divine appointment one day. But what can you threaten a Christian with, heaven? You know? They took me out to shoot me. I'll tell you about that next time. When I was uh, in Nicaragua one year during the Sandinista uh, Revolution. And uh, I'm still going. Hallelujah. Because uh, God is the one that decides when. Hallelujah. Unless we're foolish. God is the one that decides when. So I'm just, <clears throat> at my age, I'm glad to be anywhere. Hallelujah. But uh, I never, I never miss a Sunday. I, uh, I was sick uh, with migraine headaches. I had migraine headaches growing up. I was 19 years old, and I was preaching a revival, and uh, I had to tell the pastor, I can't make it tonight. And I was staying with him, and he said, well, you just stay here, and I'll get somebody. And somebody else filled in my position on that Saturday night. Well, lying in that bed, I told the Lord. I said, Lord, with your help, I'll never miss another service. And that's been uh, 61 years, and I've never missed another service. I take it back. I COVID came along, and uh, so, you know, the schedules I had, I had to uh, omit that, but I got COVID in 2022. I got it twice, double portion, and, and for some reason, the preachers didn't want me to come and preach for them. I don't, go figure, you know, I was, I was okay with it myself, but no, I understand, so that that did uh, stop my string of all those years. And so I preach every Sunday somewhere. I'm in a different church every Sunday. Uh, last week I was down in Alvin, Texas, and I don't remember where I'm going to be next. <laughs> uh, I'm so old, so old I can hide my own Easter eggs, and so I do forget a few little things. But uh, uh, I think I'm in San Saba, Texas, if you know where that is. Uh, so anyway, I travel all the time, and I just, uh, we're just making plans. I've had it on my bucket list to uh, go preach in Australia, and I'm going to do that in October. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, you know, I'm not slowing down any. Amen. And I'm supposed to go to, back to Peru in November. And then next year we'll start a church. In February of next year, I'll go to Africa. I'll be in two different countries, not starting a church, but uh, doing seminars. And I've been all over doing seminars. I was in Vietnam, uh, you, you, you name it, I'm all over. Uh, I, I, I can't remember all the places. I've been in 47 different countries. And uh, I love travel. I don't mind travel. Amen. Some of you might not uh, be in that same uh, mindset. This is my teaching uh, by CD, in case you have one still, uh, CD on the, the book that I wrote, Be Filled with the Spirit. It has three CDs of teaching in front of a, uh, a group of students, and it has... Uh, one a CD of PowerPoints that a person could take it and do their own uh, teaching on the book itself. And it also has a workbook. Uh, I don't say a whole lot about those, but uh, I just kind of felt a little tug that I should say that because uh, they do help people get filled with the Holy Spirit. One pastor said he showed a series in his church and a lady got baptized in the Holy Ghost and other things happen, so um, I, I, I'll tell you it's out there. This is a good friend of mine uh, who is uh, greatly used to God, Luis Torres. Have you ever heard of Luis Torres? He's uh, got this book entitled Destined for Hell. Uh, he was a drug addict, 
He did everything that you could think about doing, and they sentenced him to 30 years in prison. Teen Challenge intervened, but they would not release him to Teen Challenge. And they put him in the prison, but it was a, a, just a short period of time that the jailer came to him and said, come with me. He said, where are we going? He said, get your stuff. He said, all I have was a toothbrush. And so he took him to the, uh, the door said, you're free. There was never any explanation for that. So he, he was in Philadelphia, and he went to his drug dealer immediately. Drug dealer gave him some drugs, and it didn't work. Gave him another injection, and he still couldn't get high. He wondered about Philadelphia. He didn't know that Teen Challenge had been praying for him around the clock, 24 hours a day, calling his name in prayer. And uh, he finally wandered to an area where he had not lived in and sat down on the curb and said, I can't even get high. What's wrong with me? And he looked up across the street, and there was Teen Challenge. He didn't even know where it was. He, he walked in there. And they prayed him through. He got delivered. He's a great preacher. Uh, he and Nicky Cruz have done a lot of crusades together. But this, this book is inspirational, Destined for Hell. Um, seemed like I'm talking about hell a lot tonight. I did mention a, a book about heaven in the morning. This, how many of you read 23 Minutes in Hell? I've talked to the author, Bill Weiss. He's a, an Assembly of God man. And I believe he saw hell. If you read this book and uh, you're not stirred, there's something wrong with what's stirring you. <laughs> because it is an incredible book. And I've, I've uh, actually had two ladies in one revival. They came up to me and said, we got saved three weeks ago because of that book. And that Sunday they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. So this book has helped a lot of people to avoid that place. So speaking of hell, I have another book. It's called The Day Hell Knocked on Our Door. And this is the story of a Kentucky pastor, Assemblies of God. His 37-year-old uh, son and his son's fiance were shot point blank, and they were robbed of quite a, uh, their business, every, everything that he was doing. They took it all. Nobody knew who, had, who did it. And, uh, and the pastor, you can imagine, the grief and feeling like he, he couldn't go on. And his, his other son backslid because of it, got on drugs. And, and it's a, it's a heart-rendering story. But that pastor prayed fervently for five years that whoever did that would be brought to justice. And it's just like uh, listening to a, a Perry Mason show, the way God did it. He got the courtroom. No, you don't know what who Perry Mason is, do you? Younger people. Perry who? And uh, so this is like a murder mystery. But all five men enjoy, uh, that, that joined in in killing his son, all of them were brought to justice, and they're still in prison. And, you know, that, it makes for interesting reading. And if you don't like to read, I've got some CDs. <laughs> this is my, my wife and I singing. And there's one song on here that uh, I think they, they played it 125 times when it first came out. That was a few years ago. You can tell that by looking at us. But uh, uh, if you like, uh, should I dare say it, Bill Gaither type singing, I think you'll like this. I wrote... Uh, I mean, there were six of the ten songs on there. And uh, then I've got a piano album. Piano album for young people because they like new songs. It's got all these new songs. His Eyes on the Sparrow, The Old Rugged Cross, Softly and Tenderly, There's Room at the Cross, Meeting in the Air. They've never heard those songs, brand new songs for them. But if you older folks like those songs, I think you'll like them. It was made with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, members of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra many years ago. I'm, I don't usually bring this much. I'm, I'm trying to sell everything so I won't have to pack. Uh, this is a great book. 
when a nation forgets God. How many of you think we might be there already? And these are seven lessons we must learn from Nazi Germany. And we're going down that path, and I think you'll agree when you read it. And finally, how many of you have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? That's a good portion of you. You've, you've mentioned him. I know that. I went to a church last Sunday where nobody knew about Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, this man had, I think it was nearly 20 people raised from the dead in his ministry. And I read his books, every, every one of them, and I did it with my Bible devotions every morning. I would I always read my Bible through every year. I have for 59 years. And I read the, uh, I'd read a chapter in this book every day. And that's one way that you can uh, read these great books, and it will inspire your faith. Some of you need healing. He was one of the greatest men of God ever walked in shoe leather. Uh, you know, he wasn't the Apostle Paul, but he was called the Apostle of Faith. And so, uh, you need to read one of his books sometime. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm going to try the piano again. I, I, had, I have uh, time trying to hear anything. Uh, it's like the guy was in this a separate room from his wife, and she yelled, and he was hard of hearing. She yelled and said, Honey, you are tried and true. And he yelled back and said, I'm tired of you too. So that's the way it goes. But uh, so I couldn't hear my hear the piano too well. They're going to uh, turn it up, I think, and help me out a little bit.
God wants for the lame to walk, they can do it again. If he wants for the dumb to talk, they can do it again. He heals the sick, he raised the dead with five loaves, five thousand pounds. If he has done it, he wants my bread. He can do it again. He can do it again. He can do it again. It's possible, just the same. I'm glad to say he'll never change.
Praise God. Amen. Well, there is going to be an emphasis on healing in this message, but this, uh, this is more than just a healing message. And so I want you to look in John chapter 19. I'm sorry, John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 19. Hallelujah. And... Uh, they got it up there. Good. Thank you. And I want you to stand with the reading of the Word because you're supposed to go to sleep during the preaching, not before. So I want to wake some of you up. I have Scripture to back that up. In Acts chapter 20, a young man went to sleep on Paul named Eutychus. And what happened to him? He died. You could die too if you go to sleep on the preacher. Don't do it. But Paul went down, he fell out of the window and, and was killed, and Paul went down and raised him back up. I don't know if I'd have done that. I'd have said to all the audience, let this be a lesson. Don't ever go to sleep on me again. But he raised him back up as if to say, you can't even die and get out of my preaching because he preached six hours more. Amen. I like the way this guy quotes Scripture. Hallelujah. Appreciate it. Praise God. Amen. When I went to Bible college to teach, I said, my students are going to learn Scripture. And so every, every Bible class, they had to memorize Scripture. I only had one person, yeah, and it had to be perfect. You know, if they missed one, one word, they got an X. I only had one person that ever got all of them right the whole semester. My son. You think I'm proud? Amen. His, his very good friend missed one word. Poor guy. Amen. But uh, anyway, we're going to read this. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut for fear of the Jews, where uh, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed it unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. <sighs> Just wanted to wake you up. And saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So I'm going to preach on the subject of when Jesus comes. When Jesus comes. Amen. And I'm already revealing the first point, so I'll, I'll not do that. Uh, uh, you already know it anyway, but I want to lead up to it. So let's pray and believe God for a mighty move of His Holy Spirit tonight that people will get filled, they get healed, they get delivered, whatever the need is. I've preached on tithing, and people get filled with the Holy Ghost. I've preached on giving. I, I helped the church raise $27,000 for 
to, to, uh, to build their new building. And uh, we, we challenged each family to give $1,000, every family. And while they were counting the offering, I said, I know I didn't preach on this, but anybody needs something from God, you stand. I prayed to, for two men that day that got saved. Both of them got filled with the Holy Ghost, and one of them became an Assembly of God preacher, and I was his ordaining elder. Amen. So it doesn't matter what uh, you preach on, God wants to do it all. Amen. He wants to do it all if you'll let him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. I thank you for those that got filled with the Spirit. I thank you for those that you touched in a supernatural way. I believe you tonight. This is another service. And I thank you for the strength and energy I feel in this place. I praise you. I praise you for this church. I thank you for this pastor. Continue to lead them in the work of God and use them mightily. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Now, here the disciples were in a little huddled mass or a little huddled group, I should say, and they were there for what the Bible says, fear of the Jews. And they didn't know what their future was going to hold because their Messiah, their king, had been crucified, and they didn't know what to do uh, from that, that point on. Some had already observed him alive at this point, but they still were in great perplexity and not knowing what to do without their master present. And some people say sometimes when uh, you don't, when you have a fear, well, fear is the opposite of faith. And therefore, because of your fear, you can't expect Jesus to come to you. That's not true. Hallelujah. Are you listening? Jesus does. Jesus comes because he is faithful. He comes in the midst of your storm. He walks on the water when you're rowing hard. Jesus comes when you need him. Hallelujah. He's there when you don't expect him. The doors were shut, the Bible says, but shut doors are nothing for Jesus. He walked right through those doors. Hallelujah. We're going to have a body like his one day. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're going to be like him. We're going to have bodies that we can just walk through objects. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and that's a, the body that Jesus had, the resurrected body. That's going to be your resurrected body. And he stood in their midst. Hallelujah. Oh, and I want to show you the things that happen when Jesus comes. First of all, when Jesus comes, he has something to say. Hallelujah. He has something to say. Hallelujah. He stood in their midst and he said, peace be unto you. When Jesus comes, he has the exact words that your troubled heart needs to hear. You're going to have to forgive me. I, I like to see the whites of your eyes when I shoot. Hallelujah. I want to get a little closer. Amen. And he, he knew what they, now I know that uh, Jesus said, Shalom. I'm aware of that. And that was a, a greeting. But I've got other commentators that, that agree with me that this was more than the ordinary uh, uh, greeting. This was an impactful kind of peace be unto you. He was, he was acknowledging what they were going through, and he had the exact words that they needed to hear. I'm here to tell you, friends, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's happened to you. I don't know if your finances suddenly went south. I don't know if a, a son or a daughter will no longer speak to you. That happens. I've had people come up to me. I had a lady one time that came up to me and she said, my daughter left home. I don't know where she is. Would you just pray? And that was on a Saturday night. We used to have revivals all the way through the week. And, and it was down in Thibodeau, Louisiana. And I, I said, yes, I'll pray with you. I prayed with her, went on praying for people. And she knelt at the altar. Then somebody came and tapped her on the shoulder. 
They didn't have cell phones in those days. They said, somebody's on the phone in the lobby of the church. She went, and it was a daughter. That quickly, God had responded to her prayer. Hallelujah. And the next day on a Sunday morning, her daughter was in church, and her daughter walked down the aisle and got saved that morning. Hallelujah. Amen. So you may be going through something like that, but we have a God who knows what to say to your troubled heart. He can give you peace tonight if you're in that situation. I don't know how God will speak. Sometimes he speaks in a message in tongues and interpretation. Sometimes he, he speaks through a song. Have you ever heard God give you a song or put a song in your heart? That one that I just uh, wrote is a, was an answer to prayer for me because I knew I knew it was from God. Hallelujah. God can speak to you in various ways. And I know you've opened the Bible at times. I, I don't recommend this. Uh, people just open the Bible at, Bible at random sometimes. That, that's my verse. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, depend on that all the time because one day you'll put your finger on a verse that says, Thou art doomed forever, you know, and, and you'll say, Two out of three, God. You know, that's not the way to read the Bible and study the Bible. But uh, God can speak through His Word and does speak through His Word. And, but I'll tell you one thing. God wants to speak through a message to His church. There's a difference in a sermon and a message. Anybody can preach a sermon. I could, I could uh, write one out and you get up here and they call that preaching and, and you may stumble over the words and all that and that's a sermon. But a message comes from heaven. A message comes straight from the throne of God. Hallelujah. And God will speak through the message that is preached. I went, to, uh, uh, I went to South Texas and preached for a friend of mine um, many years ago. And we started on a Friday night. Went Friday through Sunday. And so I preached that Friday night. And then after the service, the um, pastor took me out to eat. And a member of the church uh, came with us. And we ate Mexican food. Hallelujah. There's going to be Mexican food at the supper, marriage supper of the Lamb, I think. I don't know for sure. But uh, I like Mexican food. So we went out and we were eating Mexican food. And this, this brother from the church said to me, he said, you know, something is weird is happening. Something strange is happening. He said, it's, 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 it keeps happening. He said, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the pastor preached on a, a, a particular passage of Scripture and that's the scripture I read that day. And then he did it again. And you did it tonight. I had read that very verse of scripture, those very verses of scripture, and that's what you used for your text. Well, I didn't think a whole lot about it. And the next night, I preached on Saturday night, preached on Sunday morning. And Sunday afternoon, the men uh, of the church prayed at 5 o'clock. And they were in a dark room, a Sunday school room, and we were all there praying, and I'm I'm praying, and all of a sudden, a, a thought comes to my mind. And, and I begin to think about that, and suddenly I realize I'm not here to think about that. I'm here to pray. And so I begin to pray, but the more I prayed, the more that thought got bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, finally, about five minutes before the service, I, I ran into the pastor's office. I said, Lord, is that what I'm supposed to preach? And I felt that it was. And I began to look for some verses to go along with the thought. That's not really the way you're supposed to prepare for something. They'll teach you that in homiletics in a Bible college, but uh, they weren't there that night. And so uh, I began to look for some verses. I found some verses in the Old Testament, and I got to the platform uh, because the platform had, had uh, benches, for special benches for guest lecturers and preachers, and the pastor wanted me to sit up there. So I'm up there on the, on the platform, and I'm... And they're singing, you know, and I know all the songs. They're, they're, I was a church pianist. I can, I can uh, tell you where songs are still to this day by the number uh, from the songs we sing because I was a church pianist. And I'll tell you what key it's in. But anyway, uh, I knew all those songs because they were singing songs that I grew up on. And I'm standing up there, and I'm, I'm, I'm do like some of you do. I was mouthing the words. I was singing them all right, but I, I wasn't even thinking about that song. I was thinking about 
Oh, Jesus, help me, help me, help me, help me. What am I going to say? I don't know. I don't have, I, I wrote down a few things. I, I said, Lord, I don't know what direction I'm going with this. Help me, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And I was still singing. Some of you do that on Sunday morning. You're just singing away, and you're thinking, I sure am hungry. I'd like to get out of here just as soon as I could. And, and you're just singing away, and the poor song leaders, they're up there giving all they can, and, and you're just standing there, and, uh, not even clapping most of the time. If you do, it's a patty cake. And so, uh, you know, that, that goes on. We all do it. I've been guilty. You've been guilty. And so I'm singing, but I'm not singing. I'm just thinking about that sermon. And finally, when it's time for me to preach, in those days they, they recorded everything on cassette recorders. And so I looked back at the sound booth, and I said, uh, are you all recording this message tonight? They said, yes. I said, good. I want a copy afterwards because I don't know what I'm going to say. But I said, I do believe I have a message to this church. And I began to preach. I didn't have to worry about what I was going to say. You had those experiences. I didn't have to worry about it. I mean, it was just rolling out. I was having a good time. And finally, I gave the altar call. And there was a lady uh, who had a, a, a problem with her foot. She was a Spanish pastor's wife in that church. And she came up to be prayed for. God healed her immediately. And she started whirling like a whirlybird, you know, and she started praising God and dancing in the Spirit. Three of her children got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then we had some more filled with the Spirit. Oh, we had a great time that night, but I'll never forget that man that went out to eat with us on a Friday night. He came up to me. He had his handkerchief in his hand. He was crying. He said, you did it again. I said, what did I do again? He said, uh, I read those same verses today, and God has been dealing with me. And I said, God, if, if that's really you dealing with me, let Brother Jones preach on these verses tonight, and you did it. Isn't that amazing that God had so much interest in one person that he would allow that to happen? And the message just wasn't for him. It was for others, uh, obviously, as they got filled and healed and and, and, and turn their lives around. You see, God is so interested in you, and because you made a special effort to come on a Sunday night. I don't even know churches that have Sunday night services. Uh, last Sunday, I preached at a, a good church in South Texas, but he didn't have Sunday night services, and I'm eating dinner with him on Saturday night, and I said, do you know any church that has uh, Sunday night services? He said, no, I don't know any church. And I said, well, I, I speak Spanish. Do you know any Spanish church? You speak Spanish? I said, yeah. He made one phone call, and I preached last Sunday night, hallelujah, in a Spanish church, and several got filled with the Holy Ghost. But the reason that came about is because I told my wife, I know I'm supposed to preach somewhere Sunday night, so I'm going to pay for the motel and I'm going to stay over because I know I'm supposed to preach. Hallelujah. I like it when you know. Amen. When God tells you something. So that's the way God is. That's the way Jesus is. He has something to say to you. Will you listen tonight? I don't know what it will be, but listen to his voice. The second thing is he has something to show. He showed him his hands and his side. Hallelujah. Amen. Now that, that, that little girl... Uh, 16-year-old daughter of the pastor was uh, walked on crutches, and she took off running that night. Hallelujah. Didn't need no crutches after what she just demonstrated. Hallelujah. Uh, that's the way Jesus says. He, he comes to show you something. He said he, he showed them his hands and his side. Sacrifice and service are symbolized there. And the disciples, why did he do that? Because he wanted to prove to them that he was still alive, that he was the same Savior. He showed them his hands and his feet. He showed them that he was the one who had died on the cross as if they needed convincing because, uh, you know, the power of the, his presence was enough. But he wants to come and show us that he's alive. He wants to prove to you that there's nothing impossible with him. Hallelujah. He wants to heal people. Sometimes I believe God does it just to show off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, God's not like that. He's not trying to get attention. I'm just saying that he wants to show us that there's nothing impossible for those who believe. Nothing. 
nothing. I had a man in Paraguay that uh, it involved seven hours for him to get to that uh, to the to the campaign. He walked, and he walked like this because he'd had a stroke. I don't know how many hours he walked combined with how many hours he waited in the uh, tent, but seven hours were involved. And I got there um, about 30 minutes before the campaign would kick off, and he said, uh, came dragging himself over, he said, would you pray for me? He wanted his healing right then so he could make that journey easier, but if he didn't get healed, I guess he was thinking it's going to take me a long time to get home. And I said, uh, no, I won't pray for you right now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17, and you need to come to, to hear the Word of God. You need for the Word to, to be soaked in the Word to be healed, and we do. We need to know the Word of God. We need to soak ourselves in the Word of God. And so he stayed. He stayed for the outstanding singing. It was outstanding singing. I played an accordion. My wife sang with me. She's got a great voice. Mine's just about gone, as you can tell. But um, that's the way, that's the music we had. Played an old accordion. Anybody know what an accordion is? Uh, uh, my students laughed at the accordion. They, they sent me accordion jokes. One of them here. 30 years later, is singing me an accordion joke of them playing accordions in hell. What's, what's the business of, I don't understand why people don't like accordions, you know, I love, but anyway, uh, that's what we had. We didn't have, we didn't have a keyboard. There were no keyboards. And you, you, you can't float a piano down the river, you know. You, you, accordion is, makes more, more sense. And so he listened to the singing, he listened to the preaching, and then I called after we had prayed the sinner's prayer, I called everybody up that wanted to be healed. And there must have been 200 people came forward. This is in Chile. And we, we had up, up to 1,281 people one night. So we had a great crusade. And so he came, uh, came with a group. And when we pray for the sick, I don't lay hands on people. There's just too many. I'd be there all night. I just let God lay hands on people. Amen. Hallelujah. And besides that, I don't want them thinking that I'm the one that's got power. I want them to understand that it's God's power that's healing them. Amen. And it's not in man. It's not like going to the priest in the Catholic Church and let him uh, try to do everything for you. No. It, I want them to understand that they can take that same faith and pray for people at their homes. And some I teach them that. And they do it. And people get healed. And people come. But anyway... We had probably 200 people who came forward that night to be healed, and I prayed, and they all repeated a prayer to be healed. And when we finished that prayer, uh, I looked straight at that man. Some I noticed that some were crying, some were healed, some. But I looked straight at that man, and I said, uh, "Raise your arm." It was his his left arm. I said, "Try to raise your arm." He tried, but he couldn't. I said, "Try to." A year and nine months, he'd not been able to do it. And I said, "Raise your hand." And he couldn't do it. The third time, I don't know if I said anything different the third time than I did the first time. I said, in the name of Jesus, raise your hand and up with his hand. And you say, what would you have done if he hadn't received the third time? I might have gone the fourth time. I don't know. But eventually, I would have told him, well, I'm not God. I can't heal anybody. It's God that heals. What I was doing was giving God the opportunity. And I want you to come back tomorrow night, seven hours and all. I didn't know at that time he walked seven hours. I said, I want you to come back tomorrow night. That's what I would have told him. That's what I tell everybody. You didn't get you healed tonight? Well, come back tomorrow night. Hallelujah. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And so I've had people come for two months or more before they get healed. But they get healed. One couple in Paraguay, the very place I went to have the first crusade, they came for two months with their paralyzed daughter. They were Catholics. They came every night for two months. And after two months, they brought their paralyzed three-year-old daughter to the platform and let her run across the platform. She'd been healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's the way we operate. We just give God an opportunity. But I was, when I said, 
The third time, try to raise your arm. Up went his arm, healed by the power of God. And I said, come up here on the platform. I don't know why God does what he does, how he does, but his arm was healed but not his leg. And so he had to struggle with people helping him to get up on the platform. And so I put a microphone in front of him. Never give a microphone to anybody. You'll lose the service. And so I, I do it that And, uh, oh, some of them, they start talking about Aunt Betsy or somebody, you know, or before it's over, the service is dead. But anyway, I, I just put the microphone up to his face, and I said, uh, what has Jesus done for you? He said, he healed my arm. And all of a sudden, he started dancing. He said, and my leg. Now, I believe God just wanted to show everybody that he could heal. And, uh, and they came up on the platform, and he got healed in front of everybody. Praise God. Hallelujah. God wants to show you his power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think what I'll do right now, if you need to be healed, I want you to stand in this part of the service. I want, I want us to pray for the sick now. Just right where you are. Right where you are. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to put your hand over the affected area of your body if that's possible. If you, if you can't touch your toes, it's all right. Put your hand over your heart. If you've got so many places you don't have enough hands, put your hand over your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. And those of you that feel impressed, go and put your hands on somebody that's standing. Hallelujah. And we're going to believe. Now, you're going to pray a prayer. We're not just going through a form. You're going to pray a prayer, and at the end of that prayer, you're going to say, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I want you to believe that. I want you to believe it. And then you're going to try to do something you couldn't do. You're going to try to bend over. You're going to try to raise an arm. You're going to try to breathe deeply, whatever it is. You're going to try to see out of a blind eye. You're going to try to see or hear out of a deaf ear. You're going to try to do something you couldn't do. Hallelujah. And if you feel led, somebody want to go to somebody, lay hands on them, it's perfectly all right. These signs shall follow solamente or only the preachers. No, that's not what it says. These signs shall follow them that believe. If you believe, you go and lay hands on somebody. All right. I want, I want everybody to stand now. I want everybody to stand. Now I want you to pray. I want you to pray with all the with all the awareness, not just uh, hope, with all the awareness that God is going to do what he said he would do. Hallelujah. Now pray. Now pray. Heavenly Father, now it's important that you do it out loud. Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. Hallelujah. Now, now pray this. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe your word. By your stripes, I am healed. I am healed. I am healed. Hallelujah. Raise your hands. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin trying to do something you couldn't do. Hallelujah. Begin. Give God an opportunity. Give God an opportunity. Everybody is not healed the same way. Some are healed gradually. Some are healed immediately. We believe God to do it his way. Hallelujah. Raise that arm. Raise that arm. Feel like somebody needs to raise an arm. You couldn't raise your arm before. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus comes to show his power. Praise God. Praise God. Headache must go. God heal me of headaches. Hallelujah, completely in my 40s. It was in my 40s, but I got healed. I never have another headache, thank God. He's still on the, on the scene, still on the throne. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Believe it. Believe it. I want to wait a second or two because it's just like waves of glory. Woo! Hallelujah. One wave after another. One wave after another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may get on the second wave or the third wave. Receive. 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 Hallelujah. Anybody feel like running?
Hallelujah. You feel like running, you take off. Amen. Had a, had a 92-year-old man. He said, well, I'm just going to see if I'm healed. He couldn't hardly walk. He took off walking fast and wound up running. Hallelujah. All around the building. Here, I'm telling you, God is able. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Raise your hand if you were healed. Raise your hand if you felt that you, you were healed. Amen. Is there something you couldn't do? But you know that you're healed. Hallelujah. Anybody else? What can you, are you, are you raising your hand that you were healed? Can you speak real loud? I, I'll let the pastor help me to hear you. Back. Thank God. Thank God. Anybody else? It's God that heals. You say, well, you didn't lay hands on us. God did. God did. Now, just because you don't feel anything or you don't see anything doesn't mean that nothing happened. I got a chapter in my book that says, what happens if nothing happened? What happens if nothing happens doesn't mean that nothing happened. Hallelujah. Anybody else? You'll say, I believe God healed me. I believe God healed me. What happened? What did you have? Um, I battled like candida, fungal overgrowth in my body. I feel like God's done it. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes the evidence comes later. Amen. You may be seated. Let's give God a, a hand clap. Hallelujah. 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 When Jesus comes, he has something to show. I believe we'll hear testimonies. Praise God. Now, number three, he has somewhere to send. <laughs> he said, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Praise God. Praise God. You see, when Jesus comes, he has a commission to give. You can't be in the presence of Jesus without him talking to you about souls. I wish somebody would say amen. You can't be in the presence of Jesus without him impressing on you the need of the lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, when God began to speak to me, I would weep. For the lost. I've done just about everything you can imagine that a guy can do. I worked in Teen Challenge one summer, um, and you know what my main chore during the day was? Clean the bathrooms. Hallelujah. But then we go out and we'd witness and get people saved and delivered from drugs and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. I've, I've done, I've, I've been a, a I guess, I guess you'd call it a youth pastor back in the day. I've been a youth leader. I've been a children's evangelist. I've preached uh, revivals. I've started churches. I, I was a professor at a Bible college. I tell young people, uh, you just, you don't, you don't put yourself in a narrow box. You just do whatever God tells you to do. Hallelujah. You respond to the call, and then you do anything that needs to be done. You do it. Hallelujah. Oh, he has somewhere to send. Have you ever thought about where? Have you ever asked God, where do you want me to go? Hallelujah. You know, he filled you with the Holy Ghost for a purpose this morning. He's got something for you to do. You know, if, if you want to get rid of your pastor, just walk up to him and say, Pastor, I, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. He'll probably die of a heart attack. Hope not. We're not talking about you dying in the pulpit here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. When God spoke to me as an 18-year-old uh, graduate from high school working in a machine shop, machines were grinding, noise were going everywhere, but it didn't drown out the voice of God. I heard God say to me, will you be a missionary? And I started crying. I said, yes, Lord, I'll be a missionary. And I, I won my mother to the Lord, and I went home that afternoon, and I said, Mama, God called me to be a missionary today. I had no doubt that God had called me to be a missionary. And she started crying, and she said, Son, when you were born, she said, there was a Pentecostal lady by the bedside, and you got there before the doctor did. 
Doctors used to make house calls for everything. And uh, uh, so I didn't, I was impatient. I didn't want to wait on the doctor. I wanted to discover America as soon as I could. And she said, that Pentecostal lady held you in her arms, and she began to prophesy over you, and she said, this boy will be a wonderful work of God, worker for God. I'm so glad they didn't know about abortion back then. Oh, they might have known about it, but it was illegal. I'm so glad that my mother had me and that God had a purpose for me, just like he has a purpose for every one of you. Oh, when he comes, he wants to nudge you by the Holy Spirit. Some people lose the blessing that they get at the altar. They're coming forward, and oh, God will just bless them. But before they get out the door, they don't have that blessing anymore. It's because you don't make a commitment to the blessing. When God's blessing you, it's for a purpose for you to bless others. The Holy Ghost is not just for, for you to feel goosebumps. One lady came up to me and said, I've been speaking in tongues for two years, but I, I don't have any power. I said, when's the last time you witnessed? And she said, two years. I said, that's the reason you don't have any power, because it's not for you to feel. It's for others to feel. Ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. It's, it's, it's for going out. One lady said, I don't feel like I've been to church unless I fall out. It's not about falling out. It's about going out. Hallelujah. We've got a lost and dying world that we've got to reach. There are four billion people that do not know Jesus. Somebody, somebody has got to hear the voice of Jesus. When he comes, he'll speak to you about it. He might be dealing with somebody in this congregation to become a missionary. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Somebody from this church would be sent out to be a missionary. Hallelujah. We need more missionaries. We need to send them out. I was the missions director for 14 years, and, and I took students with me, and we started a church every summer. And the reason we did it is I was trying to mentor them, get them ready. And they're all over the world today. Hallelujah. They're in hard, hard places, some of them. Oh, thank God, thank God, thank God. But it was Jesus that was leading them. Jesus that was guiding them. Because when he comes, he'll speak to you about that. I remember many a time when I was in Bible college, I'd, I'd look at myself in the mirror and I said, there's no way. Well, what? I was skinny back in those days, believe it or not. I weighed 130 pounds sec, uh, soaking wet. I had to run around the shower to get wet. You know, I had only one, one stripe on my pajamas. Uh, hallelujah. You heard all those. If, I'd, uh, uh, if I had, uh, if I looked like a, a needle, you know, with one eye, if I'd have had one eye, it looked like a needle. All those things. But uh, I had 30 I weight oil in my hair back in the day. But we used oil like that. Oh, yes. And I had pimples all over my face. I wore little black glasses. I had a broken tooth in Christ. I was a handsome dude. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you, if God wanted physical specimen, he'd call the Marines. God looks deeper than that. He looks in the heart. He sees something that nobody else could see. And I'd get in that prayer room, and I'd think, how can I do this? Oh, God, and I'd weep, and I'd cry, and I'd come out of there saying, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Hallelujah. Because in the presence of Jesus, he is going to give you confidence. Praise God. Whatever you're facing, I want you to know you can be used of God. Finally, I'll close with this. He has the spirit to share. He has the spirit to share. And the Bible says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, this is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Many scholars believe, and I'm of that mindset, that it's salvation. He breathed on them. You say, what? They were already saved. They were saved out of the old covenant because the Bible says, when Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 that your names are written down in, in heaven. Rejoice that they're written down in heaven. 
Oh, yeah. They, they were saved under the old covenant. But after the cross, they had to go the way of the blood just like anybody else does. They weren't accepted. Uh, they weren't an exception. They were like anybody else. And so when he breathed on them, the Holy Spirit came in. You see, there are three baptisms. Uh, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in the body of Christ, according to Titus chapter 3. And then we baptize disciples. Disciples baptize disciples or believers. We baptize people in water. That's our job. Jesus said to the disciples, you go and you baptize people in water. So that's, that's a part that we have. Then the third baptism is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus does that because John the Baptist said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. It's Jesus who baptizes. If you only have one baptism, you're not complete. If you only have two baptisms, you're not complete. If you don't have the third dimension, you're not complete. The third dimension is speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. That's the third dimension. Some of you receive that third dimension. And the reason I'm reemphasizing it tonight is because I don't think God's through. I believe He wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I believe He wants everybody filled with the Holy Spirit. I don't believe there's one exception among us. There wasn't one exception on the day of Pentecost. They all were filled with the Holy Ghost. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, the Holy Mary, she needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Every one of us needs to be filled with the Spirit. I believe Jesus has come. Hallelujah. I believe Jesus is here. Praise God. And you, any, all you musicians, if you have the Holy Ghost, I want you to go up there and play something. Hallelujah. I'm going to conclude with this. You can play, you can sing, you can do anything you want to. Hallelujah. I was in a church of 400 people and had a balcony. And I gave, I already prayed for the people. They prayed a sinner's prayer. And I, I gave an invitation to those that want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a lady up in the balcony, and she said, I'm not going. I've tried before. It didn't work. But finally, she came down. And she stood there in line, and I gave instructions, kind of like I did this morning. I said, I'm going to pray with you, and I'm going to believe God to fill you. When I count to three, I want you to believe with me. And I was praying. And so when I finished praying, I said, now I'm going to count to three. That, that lady said, what? What? The, oh, I'll stay here, she said. And then when I counted to three, she told me this lady. She said, I had arthritis in my hand so bad I couldn't pick up a milk bucket. She was a farmer's wife. She also said that she prayed for years around her horses. I guess she had Christian horses, but uh, uh, she'd never been filled with the Holy Ghost. And when I, when I said, I'm going to count to three, she almost said, ah, this is not for me. But she said, no, I'm up here. And she said, when I said three, fire went through her hand, and she hit the floor and started speaking with other tongues. She was on the floor, she said, from 1210 to 120. And she said, I've spoken four different languages while I was on the floor. You see, I just encourage you by that. God wants to fill everybody here with the Holy Ghost. And you can get healed when you get filled. Hallelujah. Building up yourself, praying, and building up your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Faith is stimulated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I want everybody to stand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 I want us all to come forward like we did this morning. I want everybody to come up here. Hallelujah. Woo! You know what? I, I feel more liberty here tonight than I did this morning. And some of that was not your fault. It's It's me, you know, I, I, I beat myself over the head or, you know, when, when I want to see more. And I wanted to see more this morning. But I believe there is a freedom in this place tonight. 
I believe we're ready for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Ooh, I could tell you stories of people that God touched. It was unbelievable. I saw a man sail through the air one time when I laid my hands on him. Boom. He went through the air. I can't do that. I couldn't lift him up. One guy, serviceman, came to, to put my lights out one night. He was, gonna, he was a serviceman. And I know you think I built this body on steroids, but uh, he could have done it, you know. And he, he came to punch my lights out, and I was praying for somebody. I stopped, and I said, you want prayer? And he just, he couldn't move. I laid my hands upon him. Power of God hit him, knocked him on the floor, and he got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and God took care of him. Amen. I didn't have to. You see, that we serve a powerful God. I want you to expect him to move in a powerful way. Hallelujah. But first, we've got to worship him. I want everybody to raise your hand. I don't want you to do it just because I ask you to do it, but I want you to do it because God wants you to do it. Hallelujah. Worship him. Worship him. And use your mouth to do that. We're so quiet when it comes to worship. Hallelujah. Worship him. Worship him. They're going to sing and nobody's listening to you. Just worship. 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 Hallelujah. 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 You may not need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You may need a son or daughter to come back to Jesus. Oh, you may need a healing, a miracle in your finances. Jesus will come. Jesus will come. Jesus will come. 